Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 53 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, well, usually always, by Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, my friend. Very good. It's great to have you back, by the way. I know that you wasn't on last week's show. Um, it seems like every single time I predict something right, the following show, you fail to show. But uh, I just want to remind you that it's now 2-2, so remember to write that down for me, Ayaz. Definite. Absolutely. Okay, now we're going to start with part one. If you've listened before, and by the way, I know a lot of people are listening now. I've been blown away with the views that we've been getting, especially last week's show. We only had Craig Richards on it. I say only had him on it. He was just the one guest. He hasn't um, got a huge following yet, although he's a bright prospect. And I was I was absolutely blown away with the views. So thank you very much for the people that are tuning back in this week. Now we're going to start with the card that he fought on, actually. We're going to start with that card that happened on the Thursday night over in York Hall, Bethnal Green, London. Now, I attended this show. I was in the second row ringside, and uh, Craig Richards was the first fight on. Now, I've got to say, he was in there against a tough, tough come-forward journeyman, okay? And the journeyman threw so many shots and was walking through Richards' punches, to be honest. Richards didn't really have the power to, um, you know, to keep him off of him. Uh, Richards got hit a lot, if I'm being completely honest, but that journeyman was was as game as they come. He put up a great, great effort, but the much classier work came from Richards, and he moved to 6-0 and with the scorecards reading 60-55. to I should say the scorecards. It's obviously, you know, just the referee scored that one. So a good win there for Craig Richards. I spoke to him just after the fight, just... Uh, we had a little chat and he was just explaining, you know, this guy, we, we, we knew that this guy was going to be a game, game fighter. We knew that he was going to come to fight. He comes to fight all the time. You know, I don't think he's been stopped or maybe he's only been stopped once. Um, his name, of course, is Adam Jones. I've seen him in there against someone else. I can't remember who it was now, but it wasn't too long ago. And, um, you know, it was a bit of a kind of a bit of a risky fight for someone who's only five fights into their career to take him on but it was a good win there for Craig Richards so I'm proud of him on that one now we're going to move through those undercard fights um, it was a great great card by the way that Craig Richards fight although I say he didn't have it all his own way it was a really um, good fight to watch if you know what I mean I'm going to talk about Jake Ball now he came out on that bill with a second round KO I've got to say Jake Ball unreal lateral movement you know he was landing a couple of shots moving back dodging the shots that were that were coming at him and then following up with counters he had his man down three times in the second round before the referee waved it off so Jake Ball now cruises to 7-0 and and another knockout for him but it was he was real good you know he came there very very businessman like and he got the job done in style so great stuff from Jake Ball also on the bill Felix Cash he came in and he'd done what you're supposed to do with a journeyman absolutely battered him he didn't ship a punch at all I don't even think the guy landed even even came close to landing he, he was so brilliant uh, Felix Cash and as I say he done what you do with journeyman he showed great fast and powerful 
all combinations and just looked a million dollars to be completely honest the complete package he got the ko in round one so that now makes his record um, a 3-0 and perfect record and another knockout for him. So great stuff there for Felix Cash. Also on the bill, Ted Cheeseman. Now, I've got to be honest, Ted Cheeseman started quite slow, in my opinion. He gave his opponent time to get warmed into it. His opponent was, was very tough. He took a lot of his shots. Also... Um, he had, a, he had a good first couple of rounds, his opponent. But Ted, it seemed like he wanted to have a bit of a tear-up, a little too much. He enjoyed a fight in there a little too much. Over the course of the rounds, it was clear Ted was a much fitter man, and he wore his opponent down and eventually stopped him in the fifth round. He looked good doing so as well. So it was a classy performance from Ted Cheeseman. But um, he moves to 6-0, and and he had his opponent down twice in that fifth round. So good stuff there for Ted Cheeseman. This really was a bill um, for basically the match fighters to get out their prospects to get out and get wins you know it's like a it was kind of like a career building fight for some of these guys that are just coming up you know three and oh four and oh five and oh six and oh etc so it was a great card it's always good to go there and show the youngsters a bit of love um reese belletti was also on the bill now he's a prospect that i've been big on for quite a while now he put on a great display against his opponent who was called el jaguar um, the thing that stands out about Belotti for me is his shot selection is really, really good. And most importantly, he judges the distance down to a T. He's brilliant with with his distance. He really is. He was focused for every second of the fight as well. I've got to say so. He just looks so switched on. You know, it's brilliant to see that from such a young fighter. He threw some classy shots from body to head. He hurt his opponent a dozen times and ultimately forced the opposing corner to throw in the towel, which is always a great way to win a fight. It's fantastic. Um, to get another stoppage on his record. So great stuff there for Reese Belletti, and he proceeds to 7-0. Now, the main fight on this card, I've got to say, was absolutely unbelievable. It really, really was. Isaac Chamberlain, the challenger, he went into this bout with a record of 5-0. He took on the champion, which is the Southern Area champion. That's in the Cruiserweight division. Wadi Camacho, 16-5 and going into this fight. Now, I've got to say this. Wadi Camacho came out, and I'm going to be honest, I'm a friend of Isaac Chamberlain's, he's a friend of mine. Wadi Camacho came out in round one and round two, and to be honest, he was beating Chamberlain up. Okay, now I know that Chamberlain's class, you know, he hasn't put a foot wrong so far. He's still learning the game, though. He's still a young man. The experience was very much with Wadi Camacho going into this fight, as so was the power. A lot of people thought that it, it may um, it may be a stoppage win for, for Wadi Camacho. But I've got to say... Isaac Chamberlain, as I say, he was getting beaten up, to be honest, in the first couple of rounds. He come out in the third round. The same was kind of happening. He landed a couple of good shots, but it seemed like Waddy was getting the better of him. But next thing you know, Chamberlain suffered a dislocated shoulder. Okay, now... I didn't know what to do at this point because, you know, I'm sitting there. I was so emotional because it, it really means something on a personal level to me. It was like, you know, I'm really gunning for him. I like to try and stay, um, you know, try and try and stay non-biased and try and stay sort of in the middle of things. But I've got to say, I didn't know what to do at this point. I, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that he could actually find a way back from this. So what happened is 
as soon as he dislocated his shoulder, it was very clear to see. It was quite a horrible injury to see up close. It was a bit gory. And um, he kind of winced and backed up. And then Wadi Camacho, you know, like any good fighter should do, smelt a bit of blood and went for it. He threw absolutely everything. He tried to force a stoppage. He was throwing right, loads of, he just was absolutely going for him, windmilling at him. And he tried to get the stoppage. And um, the referee jumped in. And I thought that that was going to be the end of the fight. I thought the referee was jumping in to conclude the contest but he actually jumped in to basically say you know let me let me kind of look at your shoulder he looked at his shoulder and of course it was in a bad way and then he called the doctor into the ring and he once he got the doctor up in the ring it took a, probably about 30 seconds Isaac Chamberlain you could see him sort of moving his shoulder trying to really get it right it was a bit gory to look at you know you, you could kind of see the bone sticking up like ready to pierce through his skin. It was really gory. And um, he was kind of moving it in circles and trying to like put it back in place where it had popped out. And um, you could really see the the expression on Isaac's face. He, he was going through such pain, you know, like he was looking up. His eyes were kind of like going boss side. They were kind of flickering. And that only happens when you're going through some serious, serious pain. You could just, you could feel it just looking at the look on his face. It was unbelievable. And he managed to, I don't know what he managed to do. I think he managed to sort of pop it back in a bit. I'm not sure, but it looked a little bit better. So he kind of did all of this on the blind side of the referee. So the referee gets the doctor in. The doctor has a look. It really looked like it was going to get stopped. A bit of a conversation went back and forth from the referee and the doctor. And they decided to um, make the decision that they were going to let him carry on, which was great stuff because the fight was, um, well, I say it was a good fight. It wasn't such a great fight at this point. But when it was when it was carried on, a lot of people didn't like that. They weren't too sure um, that that was the right decision. They thought he could end up getting really hurt. But the heart that he showed was unbelievable, Isaac Chamberlain. And as soon as the bout continued... Wadi Camacho jumped all over him again, and you could see that Isaac, it was his right hand, I should say his right arm, his right shoulder that was affected by this. So he couldn't throw his right hand at all. He, he just had to keep it down. He couldn't move his arm. And all he could do was get his left hand up and try and block or defend as many shots as Wadi would throw at him. So Wadi was trying to throw everything at him, and he was just using and relying really on his lateral movement and his... Um, his, you know, his, his legs a little bit, but at times he was getting pinned on the ropes, but he literally just had the one hand. And when you've got one hand underneath your chin and, and a man's throwing two hands at you, it is very, very hard to, you know, to, to avoid those big punches. And he took some of them, but they didn't get him out of there, even though Woody tried to throw everything at him in the third round. Now, at the end of the third round, he goes back to his corner. His uncle, also his trainer, gets in the ring. You know, they're looking at his shoulder. They're trying to move it. He still looked like he's in real bad pain. Now, he comes out again uh, after that round, comes out, and he's just using the left hand. So I'm thinking at this point, you know, what can he do from here? He's losing this fight. He's lost every round. His shoulder's popped out. What's he going to do? He comes out, and he's just dominating the fight with the jab. This is a guy who's only 5-0, and and he's out there dominating the fight, dominating a champion with just the jab. And he was beating him to the punch, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. He was just counter-punching him and busting Wadi Camacho up. He really was. And I tell you what, it was just incredible. And he, was, he had one hand on the rope and the other hand down, and then he's inviting Wadi in to throw shots at him, and he's ducking him. You know, he was just absolutely mugging him off during during parts of the rounds. That you know, the, the next few rounds kind of went this way, and he was 
you know, pumping up his fists to the crowd and the crowd were going wild. The atmosphere was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it, especially in a small hall show. It was incredible. You would have never known that we was only in York Hall, which can't even seat that many people. It was absolutely unbelievable. I hope that they're going to upload it to Sky Sports On Demand on the website or on the TV. I've been checking every single day and at the moment it's not on there. And um, I've got to say, I'm getting carried away. It was, it was, it was unbelievable. I went home and I couldn't even sleep. It was just, um, I couldn't believe what I just witnessed. It was unbelievable. I was just lost for words. But let me continue with the fight. So he's busting him up with, with just the left hand. And then suddenly his right arm and his right shoulder, it all kind of, I don't know if he just got used to the pain. I don't know. We're going to try and talk to him um, shortly. But he, he, he was just able to basically start throwing the right. And when he started throwing the right, he was hurting Wadi Camacho. Wadi Camacho really put a lot into those early rounds trying to get him out of there. And it was an absolute masterclass and something that I did not expect, something that I don't think anybody in the building expected from someone who's only 5-0. and oh. He just he showed tremendous, tremendous, tremendous ability. His skills were unquestionable. And even though he's only beaten someone who's a Southern Area champion, he just looked like the makings of a future world champion. And I don't want to jump the gun but it's hard not to he was that impressive so I just want to say I'm absolutely over the moon with Isaac Chamberlain's performance I've never seen courage like that from a prospect who's only in his sixth profile he was unbelievable I'm going to leave that there but I've got to say it was the best fight I've ever been to live and all the reporters and journalists and what have you that were seated near me were all saying the exact same thing it was incredible what a spectacle and i can't believe it wasn't even televised live but like i say i hope it gets uploaded because it's a must see it really is boxing fans it really really is so isaac chamberlain now six and oh and he's the new southern area cruiserweight champion it was a 10 round points decision at the end of the at uh, the end of the fight of course now that's it for the york hall card i'm uh, sorry to to go on too much there i was rambling quite a bit we're going to move over to saturday now as i said that york hall card took place on thursday over in germany on saturday Top of the bill, Jürgen Bremer. He fought our very own Nathan Cleverly. Now, Jürgen Bremer started the fight pretty well. You know, he looks about 65. Uh, he's losing his hair, but he is an absolute animal in the ring. His record going into this bout, 50 um, fights under his belt, 48 wins and just the two losses. Nathan Cleverly, 29-3, and three, former world champion, of course. And he wanted to try and capture a title again. Jürgen Bremer holding the WBA World Light Heavyweight title. Now, Jürgen Bremer... He started the fight really well. He impressed me. He really did. Nathan Cleverly, even though he, you know, he's kind of got that busy style where he throws a lot of shots, not very, not very powerful shots, but he's 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 very big on his punch out, but he likes to set a good pace, a fast pace. And um he seemed to be blowing. I've got to actually say that. I don't I haven't seen anyone else pick up on that. He seemed to be blowing really hard in like the second or third round. It could have been a case of maybe his nose was blocked up or something. He, he seemed to be like taking deep, deep breaths, you know, inhaling and exhaling through his mouth. Very, very big breaths. So um, I'm not sure what that was about. As I say, I haven't seen anyone else ask him or, or, or pick up on that in any reviewing of the fights. But uh, that was a bit of a concern. Now, when it got to round six, I think I probably had it Jürgen Bremer winning four of the six rounds. Maybe I give two to Nathan Cleverly. Um, as I say, I really wanted Cleverly to do the business. Then it, at the end of the sixth round, Jürgen Bremer 
retired on his stall. It was all a bit confusing. Um, it's, it turns out that I think he dislocated his elbow. You couldn't see any visible signs of any injury. He didn't fight like it was injured or anything like that, but he pulled out of the fight and um, it went down as, you know, he retired. So Nathan Cleverly becomes the new WBA World Light Heavyweight Champion. So it's great stuff for British boxing. But Ayaz, I know that you watched the fight. What did you think of it as well? I had Jürgen Bremer winning the fight, to be honest. Even the Cleverly work rate was very good. But the pro- the thing is, Bremer was landing the clear shots. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. He he was. And um, it was a bit of a strange one. I know that he's, you know, he's the older man, um, Bremer. He's been in the game a long, long time. 51 fights now under his belt. Ayaz, would you like to see a rematch or do you think that Bremer's done? Well, to be honest, I wouldn't see... If I if we see the rematch, I'm gonna go for a clever. I would I'll go for a cleverly win, but there there's rumors that the winner of the Kovalev Ward fights fights the winner uh, fights Nathan Cleverly. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So uh, we we'll have to stay tuned and see what unfolds there. But great stuff for Nathan Cleverly. You know, I won't take that away from him. He looked like the fight might have been turning in his favor a little bit, and like you say, he did set a good pace and. Um, Maybe he was cruising to a win. I know that the Sky Pundits seem to think so. So I hope that they were right. And um, ultimately, I hope that that was what was going to happen. He had he had Bremer thinking a lot. Bremer wasn't able to keep up with the, the fast punches that were coming in and the speed of Nathan Cleverly. But a good win for him. And as I say, I'm proud of him for winning that one. Also on that bill on the undercard, Vincent Feigenbutz. He's a Sauerland fighter. He moved to 24 wins. Of course, he's got the two losses with a K win in the sixth round against Guillermo, Ruben and Dino who had a record of 10 wins and one loss it's now 10 wins and two losses also on the bill our very own O'Hara Davies, he cruised to 13-0 and with a KO in round two over Chakib Fadley, now his opponent, Fadley, he was absolutely awful and I don't like to criticise guys too much I don't even think he's a journeyman because he's got a winning record 13-7 and he was going into this fight, but he was dreadful he looked drunk and he's footwork was so so bad I don't believe the record I almost think that the record's wrong he was dreadful man he was you know like O'Hara was frying shots and he kind of put his, his his knee up like his leg up to try and block one of them at one point it just didn't look like he'd ever been in a boxing ring before he was tr- he was dreadful and footwork I've never seen anything like it he was complaining when the referee stopped the fight and I couldn't believe he was complaining it must have been fake because I didn't want to see any more and I don't think he'd have fancied it he was just getting beaten up in there it was horrible um, also on that bill but nonetheless a good win for O'Hara it's not his fault he's beating the man who's in front of him but also on that bill our very own David Price, his fight was televised as well. He got his man out of there in the second round. So both Brits on this card, both getting their opponents out in that second round. David Price, his opponent, Ivica Perkovic, 22 wins and 30 losses. It was another journeyman. So David Price really trying to uh, get in that picture. They asked him after the fight, would he be interested in getting, you know, an, an, another few fights in before fighting for a world title? And he basically said he'd be ready for Joshua right away you know in his next fight I'm not sure that I can agree with him on that but um, I hope he does definitely make something of his career because we've seen him lose as I said before to drug cheats he's a nice nice guy and he really does deserve the best so it'd be interesting because I think he looks pretty good under Dave Caldwell another great guy so David Price now 21 wins and three losses his career record 
But that's really it for Germany. We're now going to go over to New Zealand, a fight that took place um, Saturday morning over here. Uh, top of the bill, Joseph Parker, 20-0, and 0 going into his fight against Alexander Dimitrenko. Now, Dimitrenko had only lost two fights previously, and they were to Eddie Chambers and to... Kubrat Pulev. Both men, uh, I think Eddie Chambers beat him on points, and the he, the other loss was um, was was a tenth round KO, if I'm not mistaken. And Joseph Parker, he really made an impression here. He got him out of there in the third round. Now Dimitrenko was down once in the first round and two times in the second round. He was complaining about all of the knockdowns, and in the third round, Dimitrenko was down from like a body punch. Um, I think he kind of went down on one knee as Joseph Parker landed it. Maybe Joseph Parker landed it a couple of seconds late, but he was on his knees. That's for sure. He was on his knees when he threw the shot, but it was the referee was in an awful position. The referee was behind Parker. So, you know, Parker, big, he's a big, big guy. He's between um, Dimitrenko, who's on his knees, and the referee. So I don't think the referee saw it. But um, he, he went down on his knee, and then he got he got hit with a body shot, and he stayed down. He really made a meal of it. He was losing every second of the fight, and I think he just wanted uh, to try and find a way out, and he got that in the third round. But it goes down as a third-round KO. But, yeah, strictly speaking, it was a bit of an illegal uh, punch because he was down on the one knee. But you know, it was it was ultimately going to happen. So I've really got no qualms about that. So Joseph Parker now 21-0 and 0, and another stoppage on his record. Dimitrenko are now 38-3. and 3. Still a real good record, um, although it's pretty much padded. Also on that bill, I just would like to mention that John Parker made his debut. That's the brother of Joseph Parker. He looks absolutely the spitting image of him, by the way. He got a majority decision win after four rounds over his opponents. So uh, good stuff there for John Parker getting the win. But that's really it for New Zealand. We're now going to go over to Norway because we do things properly here. We don't like to just talk about the males and just talk about the females. We like to give it a bit of a mix of both. You know, we're certainly not sexist over here I don't want that that tag given our way we know we know that it's thrown around way too much in boxing but Cecilia Baracus of course trained by Jonathan Banks she's the WBC WBA IBF and WBO world female welterweight champion so four four belts she holds it's absolutely incredible she's the pound for pound best female boxer she put her belts on the line against Anne sophie mathis it was a it was scheduled for 10 rounds 10 two minute rounds um and sophie mathis had a record of 27 and 3 with the one draw baracus with her record 28 and 0 perfect record there and she got her opponent out of there in the second round so a tko win there for cecilia baracus fantastic stuff for her i'm pleased for her and of course for big jb her trainer but that's really it for Norway. Just the one fight to mention over there. We're now going to go over to a card that took place in Glasgow. Just three fights I want to mention on this bill. Stephen Simmons, he picked up his 15th career win. Of course, he's got the one loss. His opponent retired at the end of round three. So good stuff for Stephen Simmons there. Also, Josh Lever moved to 11-0 with a KO in the fourth round. His opponent was KO'd by a short right to the body. So it's good stuff to see a prospect stop someone with a body shot. That's always good to see. David Brophy was also on the bill. He bounced back with a knockout in the second round and a 
good win there after coming back from that George Groves loss where he was knocked out. That was in his last fight. So hopefully David Brophy can get back to winning ways. So all the best for him. Also on that bill, a bit of a upset, to be honest. Uh, Stephen Ormond was KO'd in round five by Zoltan Sazebo. Now, Stephen Ormond, 21-2 and two going into this bout. He was down in the first round, so a real bad start for him. And uh, in the fifth round, like I say, he was KO'd by Zoltan Shazabo. Now, Shazabo had a record of 11 wins and one loss. His one loss was to O'Hara Davies. It was that um, free-to-watch card that they did on, in York Hall when Anthony Joshua was um, working out in front of the public. You know, they had the two fights on the bill, Craig Richards and O'Hara Davies. And I've got to say, O'Hara Davies was not very impressive in that fight. And uh, he got stopped on a cut, but I think he might have even been losing that fight. He wasn't very impressive at all. I've really got to say so. So that's the only blemish on Cesarbo's record. So I think that Ormond's and, and his camp actually underestimated him here and they've paid for that. So Stephen Ormond now 21-3, and three, but I hope he can get it back. Now that's really it for the reviewing. Um, of course, before we end this part, there is two things to do, but the first thing is to bring Ayaz in with this week's news. Ayaz, please give us the news. Scottish boxer Mike Tower has died in hospital after he was seriously injured in a bout on Thursday night. Yeah, real devastating stuff. You know, this doesn't happen often in boxing. And, um, you know, it's good. It's good that, that it doesn't happen very often. But it does happen once or twice a year. And that is too often. You know, it's a dangerous, dangerous sport. And we're reminded of how dangerous it is when these events occur. It's devastating for the family. It's devastating for the boxing world. You know, it really, stuff like this can really make people fall out of love with the game. And, you know, that's not what we want to do. But you know what? It's... um. Our hearts go out to him because Mike Tower went into his bout as the favourite, 11-0 with the one draw. He took on Dow Evans, 11-3 with the two draws. Dow Evans, of course, you know, he he um, he's going in there to win his fight. He, he would have never wanted to, to cause anything like this. And not only that, but it can, it's going to scar him as well, you know. So it's horrible stuff for everybody involved. Tao was down in the first round of that fight. And also, again, in the fifth round, he was, he was down as well prior to the stoppage. He was carried away from the ring on a stretcher and taken to hospital. And he died late the following day. So... It's uh, it's devastating and it, it hurts me to have to, you know, announce announce that has happened, but uh, it has. And as I say, on behalf of the Box Heart Podcast, myself and I, as we're very, very sorry about the loss and uh, our hearts go out to Mr. Mike Tao. May he rest in peace. Billy Joe Saunders will make the first defence of his WBO World Middleweight title against Arta Akov in Cardiff on October 22nd. Yeah, I've got to be completely honest. Um, I'm a bit disappointed with the opponent. I don't know nothing about him, so I've really got no comment on it. I'd have to look at Boxrec, and I don't have Boxrec in front of me. So um, I can't say anything about him at the moment. I'm sure we'll preview that fight when it's closer, and I'll know a little bit more about his opponent. But I haven't heard of him. A lot of people have been taking to Twitter to talk about that, namely um, Dan Raphael. And um, a lot of people are not very happy with this. But listen, you know, he's been out of the ring for quite a while now. He won the title last December. And it's been, well, by the time the, 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 the fight comes around, it would have been 10 months out of the ring. And uh, obviously, he's had an injury in that time as well, Billy Joe. I think he may have even had two. So, you know, I've, I've really got no qualms. I, I'm a big fan of Billy Joe. But uh, I'm excited to see him get back in the ring, whoever the opponent is. Uh, is there any more news for us, Ayers? Finally, 
Tyson Fury made an announcement. He he retired. A few hours later, he re- he reinstated, said that he's not retired. Yeah, it's um, we've seen Tyson Fury uh, say a few things recently. Just for those listeners that may not quite know, I'm just going to give you a real, you know, in a nutshell, uh, timeline of what has gone on. So basically, he was scheduled to fight Vladimir Klitschko back in July and that fight got put off because uh, Tyson Fury had uh, done something to his ankle I think it might have been um, sprained his ankle or he'd done something I'm not sure what it was might have fractured it it might have even been that serious but whatever it was he had an ankle injury it was quite gory looking from the photos and um, that fight was pushed back to um, October the 29th so it was like uh, you know like a three month we had to wait a further three months and uh, that was a bit hard to to swallow to be honest at first because everybody was looking forward to the rematch and then um, it seemed like the fight was going to happen and then all of a sudden a few weeks out from the fight he pulled out a fight and he'd been deemed mentally unfit to fight in 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 that match so the the rematch was once again postponed with no date at the moment so it was just uh, cancelled a lot of people of course bought tickets had booked hotels and stuff like that booked flights and um, the fight had been called off for a second time so Klitschko was very angry about this but we haven't actually had any kind of um, official statement on what has actually happened we haven't actually seen any factual evidence of what's going on I've just seen an interview with Peter Fury saying that he's deeply depressed and you know I'm a huge 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 fan of Tyson Fury I really really am uh, it'd be hard to find a bigger fan of Tyson Fury than myself so um, I just want to say um, a little message to Tyson if if anybody from the Fury camp is listening which I very much doubt so but I just want to say he's um, you know at the end of the day his health is the most important thing here I really want to see him get back in the ring but more important than what I want is um, is what he needs which is the help that that he's looking for I know he's seeking some, some kind of help but um, I really hope that he gets sorted out and we can see him back in the ring doing what he does best because he is the number one heavyweight in the world right now and I don't want to, you know, annoy people with that statement. That's my opinion. But um, as they say in boxing, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. And he beat the man in Vladimir Klitschko. The other champions right now, you know, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, well, they beat Bermain Stavern and they beat Charles Martin. And both of those guys weren't considered the man, you know, Vladimir Klitschko, one of the longest reigning champions in the heavyweight division ever. So um, it was brilliant when, when Fury went and done it in his backyard in Germany. So he's the man right now and you can't argue with those facts, but yeah, I do want to see him back in the ring. I hope it gets cleared up. And um, next thing we heard is that he failed a, well, he failed some kind of drugs test. He, he'd been tested positive for being under the influence of cocaine. Again, I'm not sure if this is official, but it's what's been said. Tyson Fury then took to Twitter and basically cropped his face onto a picture of Scarface back in that film when he's sitting behind a desk with a mountain of cocaine in front of him. And, um, you know, he, he, he was, he basically called himself, um, he, he took to Twitter with a joke. I can't remember what he said, but he was basically mocking it. And um, then he decided to retire, as you said, Ayaz. He decided to retire the other day, and a couple of hours later, he decided to retract it and change his mind. And the media are writing up about his every move, and he just said, you know, tut-tut about the media. So, um, 
if you're not too familiar with Tyson Fury, my advice would be to not believe everything he says because he seems to play around with people a lot. It's not good, but once you kind of know what to expect from him, which is very hard, by the way, because you never quite know what to expect from him, but he is, you know, he's full of surprises. So don't be shocked and don't take to heart what he says, you know. He says what's on his mind or what he's feeling at the time, but that's not necessarily what he's going to go down. So um, I wish him a very speedy recovery with things and hopefully we see him in the not too distant future i really hope he doesn't get stripped but um i i can't really blame the governing bodies at the moment if they were to strip him and that's me being completely honest we need to see a champion defending his titles uh, the fight's been put off twice now and um to, to schedule it for a third time are people going to be buying tickets confidently i'm not too sure but we'll leave that there i've been talking about tyson fury for quite a few minutes there is that it for the news ayers yes that's it for the news Okay, well, before we end part one, there's now one last thing to do, and that, of course, is to welcome our first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the new Southern Area Cruiserweight champion, Mr. Isaac Chamberlain. Isaac, welcome back on the show, my man. Yes, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Now, before we go into detail about your win last week, and uh, when we do that, I'm going to try my best to not get carried away. How good does it feel to be the new Southern Area Cruiserweight Champion, firstly? Um, yeah, it feels good. It's just another stepping stone to winning the world title, to be honest. You know, uh, Wadi had the, had the belt, so I wanted to take the offense to move on to bigger and better things. Okay, short and simple answer. Now, let's get down to it, Isaac. I'm going to be honest with you. You had an awful start to that fight, in my opinion. You started pretty yeah. slow, and uh, Waddy was able to nick the first couple of rounds. I try not to be biased, but as you're a friend of mine, I've got to be honest, I was worried at that point. Then to further worsen the situation, your shoulder pops out of place. In a nutshell, Isaac, what caused that? Was it a punch that Waddy threw, or did it just pop out when you threw a punch or something? No, I threw a punch and then it bounced off his head, and then it kind of caused my shoulder to go into the wrong direction. Right, I got you. What the hell is going on here? It was kind of like a trauma. It was like trauma, man. It was like, I was shocked that it came out and all of this was happening. Then obviously, he jumped on me and everything. So I had to just weather the storm and try and get it back in place. Yeah, for sure. And I understand that. Now, nonetheless, you winced straight away. You know, you clearly backed up. You was hurt by the shoulder. Waddy then done what most fighters would do. As you just mentioned, he smelt bloody through everything but the kitchen sink at you and tried to force a stoppage. The referee jumped in. Uh, in what I thought was going to be the end of the fight for a, for a few seconds. Uh, obviously, he had a look at you, then he called the doctor into the ring. You turned to the blind side of the referee, and I could see the excruciating pain you were going through, attempting to try and get your shoulder back in place. Uh, I don't know if you managed to do it successfully in the few seconds that you had before the doctor got in the ring, but when he had a look at you, he decided, you know, him and the ref had a little conversation. I wasn't sure what was going on, and they decided to let you carry on. Uh, what do you, again, he jumped on you, and you seemed unable to move your right hand, your right arm for a while. You was able to weather the onslaught by just relying on your lateral movement and using your left hand while sitting on the ropes. The end of the round, I've got to be honest, I could not see a way back, Isaac. I really couldn't. I was starting to worry. You know, I think it was it was a bit of a bad start. Then then the shoulder goes. In my opinion, it was going to be a bit of a mountain to climb. One that we hadn't seen you do thus far, because you've only had a handful of fights. Not to mention you had a cut eye as well. Isaac, what the hell happened in that corner? Because you came out fighting like Pernell Whitaker. <laughs> um, 
I just had to adapt. Listen, great champion, yeah, they adapt to whatever circumstances are thrown at them. You know, you adapt. Like, I've been a guy that's adapted his whole life. You know, I had the best growing up, you know, but I had to adapt to, to keep myself, you know, adapt to survive and, and, and come out on top. And that's exactly what I did. He so, was um, unreal. Yeah. <laughs> he was unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I get back onto the fight. You started busting Wadi up with just the one hand. You were egging the crowd on. The atmosphere was something I'll never forget. Even in your call, it felt like we was in Wembley Stadium. You you showed some insane skills. You were literally beating him up with one hand. This continued for a few rounds. And I give credit to Wadi. You know, he landed some good shots in those rounds, but he was he was being made to look bad. You were pot-shotting him and counter-punching him, and you were just landing at him, landing on him pretty much at will. Now, at some point, it seemed like your right arm was magically healed, and you was letting it go, and you was hurting Wadi. Both of you seemed tired in the late stages which I think played in your favour because although you hadn't gone 10 rounds prior to this fight, you paced yourself smartly whilst Waddy put everything into the early rounds trying to get you out of there Isaac, you were unbelievable man, you were, and I don't say that about no other boxers often at all, I was speechless I was ringside, I was writing notes down for every fight on the undercard I was looking at all the undercard fights, writing notes I couldn't even write one word about your fight because I couldn't take my eyes off of it Unbelievable Yeah, every, um Everyone think every other person must have been thinking, yeah, like I train just like everyone. No, I train like a real champion, you know. Even though I ain't been ten rounds before, but I've been firing ten rounds. I've been doing my six mile, seven mile runs, and then doing the sprints, doing the thousand sit ups, doing the pull ups and push ups, every all the strength and conditioning training, you know. So I've been training like a champion, and when this fight came up, I just I just trained even harder because I really wanted to win. It's the will to win. And most people, they don't succeed because they're, they're because of their fear of failure. And I wasn't scared to fail. I was going in there and making sure that I win. And like I say, that look on your face that I could see when, you know, when you were trying to get your shoulder back in place, I could see on your face, it was almost like, you you just you kind of looked losing in the face you thought i am not losing this no way in the world and like i say it was it was just it was crazy it was like an angel touch you everyone close to where i was sitting in the press rows all agreed with each other that that was the best fight that they'd ever seen live uh, in my opinion it's the same for me obviously it went the distance you were very very close to stopping him at one point are you happy with the way it turned out or, or are you a little bit annoyed that you didn't yeah. get that stoppage yeah, I'm happy with the way it turned out. Obviously, I really know that if I had two hands, I would have knocked him out. You yeah. know, definitely. If I had two hands, I would have, I would have damaged him. But, you know, uh, I'm kind of glad that it kind of went this way because it shows everyone the resilience that I have, the toughness that I have, the, the way that they know that I can grit down and, and, and put the work in, you know. So, I mean, I was warming up into the fight in the first two rounds. That's what I do. You know, the first two rounds, I just see, okay, he's throwing this punch, he's throwing this punch, okay, he does this when he goes over to this side. So I started to realize it, you know, and then I was like, okay, okay, okay. That's why you saw I was, I was kind of nodding my head a bit. I said, all right, I'm starting to clock you now. <laughs> you know, I started to clock you now. Okay. Now, I don't care what anybody says. You would never see a fight like that for the Southern Area title. It just doesn't happen. Now, firstly, you know yourself and you know what you're capable of. But, but you know, we don't as, as, as an audience, you know, as fans and what have you. In your humble opinion, did you impress yourself at all? Or did you, did you find out something that you didn't know about yourself? Or did you know that you could have done that? Did you surprise no, yourself I, at I, all? I 100% knew that I could do that because of the way I trained in the gym. 
because of the way I train in the gym, because of the fact that, that I can't go a day without thinking about wanting to be a champion, you know, I'm always focused on on on, on watching tapes and trying to study and get better. You know, it's not the boxing. Boxing is not to me like it's not just going to the gym and then uh, forgetting about it when I leave the gym. No, I still think about boxing when I'm going home, when I'm on the way home, watching tapes, seeing how do I get better, how do I do this. I live the life of a true athlete. You know, most of the people are out partying and stuff after they're fighting. Oh, me, I had to go. I wanted to go get a massage, go and check myself, make sure everything is okay, you know, because so I can live to fight another day. I take care of my body properly. Like, a good example of a person that does that is Bernard Hopkins. That's why he's fighting to this age. You know, it's all about the discipline that you and you apply yourself to. All, a lot of boxers can be talented, but they're not tough. But me, I'm tough and I'm talented. You know, and I'm thinking in there and I know how when when to go. Yeah, for sure. And that, absolutely, I mean, you proved that in that fight. Now, the last question on that fight, how bad on a scale of one to ten did the shoulder hurt and how is it now? Oh, it hurt so much. It hurt like it was like a, a strong nine. <laughs> a strong nine. No, and, no, and what about no. now? What's it like now? Now it's a bit better. It's a bit better. I took painkillers and stuff and I just came back from the hospital checking it out and stuff. I'm going to have to go get an MRI on Sunday. So I'm just going to have to check it out, but it's a lot better than it was before. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. Hope that it, um, that it heals quickly. Now, I know that obviously we're only a few days from your fight, but have you got any idea what's next for you at all? Um, I've been hearing a lot of uh, talks. Um, I, I don't know if it, it's Robin Dupree next. You know, Robin Dupree, a good boxer, 10-0 prospect. You know, I don't know if it's him yet, yet, but Eddie Hearn definitely said there's a date for me in December. I think I'm thinking December the third. Okay. You know, so um, we're just gonna have to wait and see. But my main focus right now is uh, the shoulder. You know, I'm still gonna be keeping fit, keeping my runs, doing my runs and stuff. I'm gonna probably start back training tomorrow, doing my runs and all of that. But obviously not using the shoulder. But the main focus right now is getting the shoulder back properly. Yeah, yeah, that's right, as it should be. Now, there was a little bit of bad blood at first between you and Waddy. Would you say that's settled now? I know that you got asked a question straight after the fight about having a rematch. I mean, I'm not a lover of rematches, even though it was a fantastic, fantastic fight, as I've said. I'm not a lover of rematches. I think, like, especially when you're both, or you're a prospect, he's kind of, I'm not saying at the end of the line, you know, he's got a bunch of losses, he's still a good fighter, but are you going to, are you going to, possibly rematch him or are you just going to keep marching on with this momentum that you've um, got? It kind of depends on my team and it depends on the money that gets given. Obviously, they, they said it's a really good fight. So obviously, if you want the rematch again, then his manager probably got to put up a lot of money or Eddie got to do something like that. And then um, we can go from there. But I think, I don't really think um, there's a need for a rematch simply because I did this with one arm. So it yeah. was with two arms and I, and remember, a three weeks notice she you know I had three weeks yeah. notice for this fight so imagine if it was a full training camp everything went well and, and, and we came to fight imagine the outcome then <laughs> so you know the the the, the levels speak for themselves you know Every, everyone saw it and um, we'll just have to wait and see if, if they offer a lot of money for the rematch but I, I don't really think that that's going to happen in the future yeah, you know, yeah, I understand on, that completely. I'm on my way. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking up right now. You know, I'm looking real up. 
I'm in the top ten now. I think I'm I think I'm about seven in the country or something like that. Yeah. Um, so um I'm just looking at bigger and better things. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now I know that you've expressed previously that you've you know that you'd like to be moved pretty quickly. You've even talked to mixing it with some of the best cruiserweights in the country that, that the country's got to offer. A lot of other top prospects tend to skip the area title and they go straight for like an English belt or something like that. Was the southern area title one that you've always wanted, or was it simply the factor of just fighting Wadi Camacho rather than the belt status for you? Um it was basically just it's not a belt that I always wanted to be honest. It was just a title so I could uh, so I could start moving forward, you know. Because yeah. I realized you know there's no point fighting, you know, um, journeyman to build up a padded record. Because I see certain boxers there, they're kind of high up in the ratings because of the amount of fights they've had, you know, with these journeymen. It's making them go high in the ratings, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, you ain't, you you ain't fought a credible opponent. You know, and I've been doing it the hard way. You know, the third fight, Martin Granger, 14 wins, five losses. Second fight, I mean, the third, um, second test, um, Russell Henshaw, seven wins, no losses, four knockouts. The third one, Wadi Camacho, seven area champion, prize fighter champion. You know, and it's not like I'm making them look bad because they're not bad boxers. They're actually pretty good boxers. But the fact that I'm working hard and I believe in myself knowing that I can beat these guys just shows the talent and, and the level where I belong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely does. Now, moving on from that, also, Isaac, strangely enough, boxing is huge at the moment in Brixton with Dillian White taking on Ian Lewison in a few days' time, or one day's time. Um, how do you see that fight playing out? Um, boy, it, it depends, you know. Um, Ian, uh, first four rounds, you know, we could. Um, he's very, very dangerous. It depends what type of tactics both of them use. Well, it's a kind of a pick and fight because it's heavyweight boxing at the end of the day, you know. So it's kind of, you know, I don't really know where to go here. And you just don't... both of them are my friends as well. Like, yeah, I was going to say, you, you just don't want to upset one because you live around the corner. <laughs> yeah, man, they come to my house, man. <laughs> Okay, okay. And lastly, um, Ward against Kovalev. I know that that's a fight that you like. I know that you you're a big boxing fan yourself. I know that that would be one that you'll be uh, paying attention to. How do you see that one going? I know I, f- I think that you favour Ward in this one, right? Yeah, Ward classes outclasses him easily. Not easily, but Ward outclasses him. I don't think you'll have the answers for for what Ward has to offer. Okay, now lastly, is there anything that you want to get off your chest at all before I let you go, Isaac? Anyone you want to thank or anything like that? Any message you want to get across to anyone who could uh, be listening? I just want to thank all my all my supporters that believed in me, all my fans that knew that I had something in there because uh, there was a lot of people that were they were saying, yeah, Isaac Chin is good, but Isaac's good, but, you know, but I, I just want to thank all the fans that supported me, you know, and uh, that stuck by me, you know. I want to thank my cousin, Ashley. You know, <laughs> because uh, he, he sticks by me a lot. You know, he's a good, he's a great member of my team. You know, my uncle, uh, all my sponsors, MJ Marbella, Equilibrium Boxing. You know, my my physio Michael Offord that's done tremendous work on my shoulder so far and leading up to the fight as well. So uh, yeah, just everyone. It's a great team and we're going all the way to the top. Absolutely, my man. Okay, listen, Isaac, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, my man. I put my hand on my heart when I say you were out of this world without win, my friend. I'm more than proud of you, and we'll speak again soon. Take care, you too, man.
Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, we start, as always, with the preview part. Now, just before we actually jump into that, I just want to mention a funny name fighter from last week. I've got a result for you, and it's not one that I'm very happy with, to be honest. It happened over in Philippines, the champion of last week's um, funny name fighter segment, Benji Sugarnob. He took on Roldan Aldea. Now, Roldan Aldea, nine wins and three losses with the one draw. He got in there against 10 and five with the one draw record, Benji Sugarnob. And Benji Sugarnob retired. Apparently, he actually retired in the first round. So, believe it or not, it goes down as a retirement in round zero because it hadn't actually been one round yet. So he retired in the first round. So it goes down as a round zero retirement win for Rolden out there. I'm not sure what happened here, but um, Benji Sugarnob, I hope he's back. And I hope that we're talking about him at one day because it's a name. He is a truly, truly brilliant name. But we're going to leave that one there. But it's a shame because uh, all these funny name fighters keep getting beaten up. And uh, it's, it's quite horrible, to be honest. But we're going to leave that there. We're going to move on to the preview part. We're going to start with a card that's taking place on Friday night. That, of course, is Friday, the 7th of October. Top of the bill, Dillian White, the body snatcher, 18-1. and one, his record he takes on Ian Lewison 12 and 2 with the one draw now they're both from Brixton so these guys probably live closer than any other two boxers that have probably ever fought professionally they really do live literally two minutes apart from each other so it's it's quite incredible that they're deciding to take their beef which kind of has expanded outside of the ring it's kind of got quite personal both men said a lot of the press conference when the fight was announced uh, there was a juicy press conference where they both were, were really going quite hard with the insults and stuff like that it was a lot of comments about girlfriends and so and so and they're deciding to take this to scotland which is quite incredible it's happening over in glasgow as i mentioned at the hydro arena so um dillian white against Lewis and it's for the vacant British heavyweight title. It's good to see this belt. Finally, someone's going to, um, going to hold the belt. Dillian White has wanted to fight for this belt for quite a while now. And, um, I think it's, it's, it's a tough ask for Lewis. And if I'm being completely honest, I asked, do you share that opinion as well? Yeah, I think it's a tough ask for Lewis and I think White is going to stop him. Would you predict a round on it? I'm not going to predict a round, but do you reckon early or late? I'm going to go in the middle rounds. Okay, yeah, I think um, I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to make this a prediction because I don't think the fight's really big enough, to be completely honest, to to, to press for one. But I think he probably does stop Lewison here and um, may the best man win. You know, I've got nothing against Lewison. I've got nothing against White. Um, I'll be completely honest, Dillian White actually blocked us on, on WhatsApp. So, um, <laughs> uh, to be honest, if Lewis and won, I wouldn't be complaining. But uh, b- the best of luck to both men. And, um, yeah, Dillian White against Ian Lewis. And it's going to definitely be, uh, you know, a bit of an exciting fight because these fights that are built up on hype, they really, you know, they really are. It's, it's highly anticipated. It, it, none of that matters when the first bell goes. So it'd be interesting to see what unfolds. Also on that bill, Scotty Carr. Hasn't looked too great in his last couple of performances, to be completely honest. I'm sure that he will admit that. Um, he'll admit that. He'll be the first person to admit that. But his record, 20-0 with the one draw. He takes on Kevin Hooper, 19-3. and It's for Scotty Cardle's British lightweight title. So I think he's going to be very, very switched on. I think he wants a good, convincing win that, um, that he's been missing 
in the last sort of 18 months or so. And also on the bill, of course, I say um, I say top of the bill being White and Lewis, and I think this really is top of the bill. I've, I've kind of announced it all wrong, but uh, top of the bill, Ricky Burns, 40 wins and five losses with the one draw. He is defending his WBA World Super Lightweight title, his 140 title against Kirill Relich. Now, Kirill Relich has a record of 21 and 0. He's a bit of a banger. He's an unknown quantity, to be completely honest and he's trained I think he's trained and promoted by our very own Ricky Hatton so Ricky Hatton's very confident that his man's going to get the job done it'll be interesting to see what happens here Um, as I say Relic is very much unknown and Ricky Burns well let's be honest you know he's had he's had some bad performances in recent times Uh, he had a good win over that that uh, that Italian guy I've completely forgot his name um Michele Di Rocco when he beat him for the vacant title. So I can't really take too much from that. And um, I hope that he gets the job done here, but it could be a potential banana skin here um, for being unknown and for being a bit of a banger. This could be a little bit almost like Kevin Mitchell and, and Ishmael Barroso style, you know, where we kind of didn't know much about Barroso. He was just a banger and he got in there and, and uh, obviously done the business and done the business in style. But that's really it for that bill. There's not too much of our big fights on the undercard. It's a little bit poor, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, that's it for Scotland. We're now going to go over to California, Los Angeles, in the Belasco Theatre. I just want to mention that Diego Magdaleno's on the bill. He is trying to bounce back from that devastating loss, to be honest, the devastating um, knockout win where he got absolutely flattened from the first bell by Terry Flanagan, which was a great, great win. He's back out here in a 10-rounder against Art Hovhannassian, who has the record of 17 wins, two losses, and three draws. So I hope that Diego Magdaleno can get the job done. But that's it for Friday. We're now going to go over to Saturday. This is a card happening in the Harrow Leisure Center. Uh, this is a Frank Warren card. Top of the bill, Liam Walsh. He takes on Andre Klimov. I think this is some sort of eliminator, I think, for the WBO title. Liam Walsh, 20-0. and 0, Klimov, 19-2. and 2. It's going to be a good fight, this one. It really is. I think it's on Box Nation. It should definitely be. And um, I'm looking forward to this one. It's definitely a good clash of styles. Klimov's a good fighter. He'll be coming to fight. And this is like his world title fight, because if he wins it, he gets in line. I think it's a... Is it a final eliminator? I'm not too sure if it's a final eliminator eliminator or just you know just some sort of eliminator but nonetheless it's another big fight for Liam Walsh and it should be a good matchup also on the bill Tom Baker he looks to move to 15 and 0 he takes on Miles Shinquin now this is a good fight I've got to say this Miles Shinquin 13 and 1 I actually spoke to uh, Miles Shinquin after his loss to Hosea Burton and, and I know that he was eyeing up Tom Baker from that point there and he has messaged me and he's you know we spoke not too recently a few months back and he has been eyeing up Tom Baker for a long long time so uh, I know that he's definitely very very prepared and he's very confident that he's going to get the job done here so all the best to Miles Shinkwin I hope he can pull it off but it's going to be a good good fight Tom Baker very good with his distance as well that of course is for the English light heavyweight title that's the belt held by Tom Baker also on the bill uh, West Ham fan Sammy McNess he looks to move to 6-0 he's a bright prospect Boy Jones Jr. looks to pick up his 10th career win of course he's got that one draw as well Archie Sharp's also on the bill I tell you what he really lives up to his surname he is very sharp he looks to move to 6-0 his opponent a journeyman but someone 
that should come and give it a go for sure. And Archie Sharp, he brings a lot of um, support as well. He's he's actually a really good fighter. So uh, all the best to him. Also on the bill, Prince Patel's on this one. Um, I hope they show his fight on Box Nation. It's been very, very hard to find any footage on him. He looks to move to 4-0. and It's been a bit of a slow start for him. Of course, he's got that one draw, but he takes on his opponent, Patrick Bartos. So as I say, I hope that they show this fight on um, on the air. Uh, it'd be it'd be good to see Prince Patel, uh, and of course this is at super flyweight, so um, it'd be interesting to see how Prince Patel gets on here. His opponent, pretty experienced and not a bad record, as I say, you know, eight wins and ten losses for Patrick Bartos, but uh, that's not no humiliation record whatsoever. So interesting stuff for for that fight there. Also on the bill, Mitchell Smith. Now he's been um, scheduled to fight on a few cards now, and on the night he's ended up not fighting his opponent is to be announced remember we're only a few days away now i really hope that that fight happens because he keeps turning up with his boxing kit and it, it ends up not happening so i feel a bit sorry for mitchell smith and um he's really just trying to you know put on a couple of impressive performances he had a good run of momentum and it was stopped against george jupp in a fight that he really didn't look prepared for to be honest he really didn't look himself in there at all he was terrible that night if i'm being completely honest but we know he's a good fighter so it'd be good to see him get back out again it'll be almost um i think it'll be 10 months come fight night since he last fought in that loss so i know he's been desperate to get back out it must be very 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 frustrating um turning up to fight and for what whatever reason it hasn't ended up happening of course he's a draw himself you know he's got a lot of fans and to be honest on the whole bill I'm really looking forward to seeing him so I really hope that his fight does end up taking place but that's it for that fight I hope that his opponent um, you know gets gets I hope that fight ends up happening I hope his opponent ends up getting finalized and sorted in the proper way and lastly also to mention we don't usually mention guys that have only had one fight but we are going to hear Charlie Driscoll one and oh his record at the moment I remember watching his debut he was very impressive uh, he brought loads and loads and loads of fans to your call and they were going absolutely crazy so it's great to see a young fighter with so much support behind him and I hope that he can get the job done so best of luck there for Charlie Charlie Driscoll from myself, and I uh, hope he moves to 2-0, but his opponent is also yet to be announced at the moment. Now, the last fight that we've got to mention, it's a fight happening over in Las Vegas, Nevada, USA, top of the bill. This card, a Mayweather promotions card, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Ashley Fiafane, 39 wins and 7 losses with the one draw. His opponent yet to be announced, but Fiafane looking to make a mark once again. Of course, we've seen him come up short against Adrian Broner, but he put in a good account of himself in a strange, there was a bit of a strange ending to that fight, I remember. So, um, Ashley Fiafane, you know, a good, good fighter, and I wish him all the best. He's a, he's a truly, truly nice guy. But that's really it for the reviewing on this week's show. That's all we've got time for. It's now time to conclude episode 53 of the Box Hard Podcast. We've been doing this show for just over a year now, and it's been a great year. It really, really has. With your continued support, I'm sure that we'll have many more great years. It's been a pleasure delivering this week's show show to your ears please keep up the listens and the views we've been blown away with the great views lately it really has been tremendous and i'm thankful for that remember you can also listen on itunes if you've ever got the time please drop us a review on there and remember you can always get involved in the conversation via twitter if you'd like a shout out or to give a fight prediction anything like that our twitter is at box hard podcast i'd like to thank our guest on this week's show our one guest mr isaac chamberlain and as i always say the biggest thank you of all goes out to 
to the listeners that make this show what it is. We'll be back next week with another big show, as always. Until next week, my friends, take care. <laughs>